0: hi everyone adam bergman here tax attorney and founder of IRA financial and welcome to another episode of ad mail happy new year's hope everyone's having a great 2023 and i got a great episode for you today we're going to talk about SEP iras self-directed iras primitive transactions involving ex-spouses and an investment into a venture capital fund with a self-directed IRA. So really fun episode for you today. So without further ado, let's get started. First question, these all, actually all these questions are from YouTube. So this is kind of like a YouTube-oriented uh, episode. I've got three really good YouTube questions and it turned out they were all in queue. So here they are. Uh, can I use a SEP IRA to do a self-directed IRA or do I have to use a traditional IRA? So that's a great question. I get this a lot where people seem to think that only a traditional IRA can do a self-directed IRA. No, a SEP IRA, a Roth IRA, a simple IRA, traditional IRA as well, of course, can do a self-directed IRA. Now, a self-directed IRA simply means an IRA, just like an IRA you can get at Schwab or Fidelity, that allows for alternative asset investments. So Going back all the way to 1974, when IRAs were created, there was no distinction between IRAs and self directed IRAs. The tax code said there's only three things you cannot do with an IRA, life insurance, collectibles, and then under internal revenue code section, any transaction involving the IRA and a disqualified person. A disqualified person is defined as the IRA owner, their lineal descendants, parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law or any entities controlled 50% or more by such persons. Otherwise, you can do it. Now, the traditional institutions, the banks don't want you to do alternative assets with your IRA simply because they don't make money when you buy real estate or lend money to your neighbor. They make money when you buy their products, i.e. equities, mutual funds, ETFs. So that is why there is a division between the traditional IRA or traditional, in the sense of investments, and self directed IRAs. But a self directed IRA is not a term you'll find in the tax code, really anywhere inside any tax, um, IRS tax uh, regulations. It simply means an IRA that invests in alternative assets. So, yes, to answer the question, an IRA, a Roth IRA, a SEP IRA, and a simple IRA can invest in an alternative assets through a quote unquote self directed. IRA. So thank you uh, for that question. Second question again from YouTube. My ex spouse and I are very close. Can I lend him money with my self-directed IRA? So um, the answer is yeah. Why? As I went through the disqualified person um, definition in the previous question, there's three things you cannot do with an IRA: life insurance, collectibles like art, and thirdly, in the broadest category, any transaction involving the ira and a disqualified person and again a disqualified person is a parent child spouse daughter-in-law son-in-law or any entities controlled by such person an ex-spouse is not a spouse anymore right <laughs> there is a change in status so technically yes you can transact and lend money to an ex-spouse so long as you or your kids or your joint uh, family does not benefit so if your spouse expose needs some money for his business as long as that money is not going to go back and help the kids you know buy a new car or something that indirectly or directly benefits your disqualified person when I say you I mean the spouse who's lending the spouse your expose, excuse me the Expose is lending the Expose the IRA funds as long as there's no indirect benefit to that Expose who's using the IRA then there's nothing in the code that would prevent two exposes from transacting with each other since they're no longer disqualified. So really cool question, actually. And I actually have had that come up a couple of times, believe it or not. I um, I have a client, nice nice lady, who's like best friends with her ex-spouse, And I always get these types of questions like, hey, my expose needs this or that. Can, are you sure I can use my IRA? And I'm just... I'm like, yeah, it's pretty refreshing to, to kind of hear about your relationship, how you're still best friends, but you are no longer married. Um, but um, obviously, um, the spouse needs to be an ex. It can't be a spouse because then that would be a prohibited transaction. Third and final question on today's pod. Again, from YouTube. My son is a GP, general partner in a venture capital fund, he owns less than 35 percent of the gp and less than one percent of the lp limited partners can i use my self-directed right to invest as an lp great question the answer again just to get right to it is yeah why again this is a prohibited transaction and youtube focused podcast aren't these great questions really good ones and they actually flow really nicely it's kind of flukish usually the questions the three questions have nothing to do with each other Uh, These actually flow really nicely, Um, wondering if they're the same person, but in any event, they're really good. So three things you can't do in an IRA. Otherwise, you can do it. Life insurance. This is not life insurance. Collectible is not collectibles. And thirdly, when an IRA, so long as an IRA does not invest with a disqualified person, or as long as the IRA asset does not directly or indirectly personally benefit a disqualified person. And again, for the record. Disqualified person is defined as the IRA owner. Parents, children, spouse, father in law, son in law, or any entities controlled 50% or more ownership by disqualified people. So we know here is a situation where we have the father and son. Father is going to use IRA funds to invest in an entity where the son has involvement. So again, first threshold is 50%. Is the son 50%? No. He's under 50% as a GP. What's a GP? The GP is the entity or person sometimes, but generally an entity, like an LLC or an limited, a limited general partner that makes the investment decisions and manages the venture capital fund. Most funds, the GP gets a management fee anywhere from, let's say, 1% to 2% and also gets what's called a carry interest, which is generally 20% of the profits above a threshold or in the hedge fund world, just 20% of the net profits. So in this case, the dad is investing not in the GP, but he's investing as a limited partner, just like you and I technically could. So because the, ch- the his son owns less than 1% of the LP and less than 50% of the GP, it's very hard for the IRS to argue that there's any type of prohibited transaction here. He doesn't. Con- the son doesn't control the GP, does not control the LP. As long as you are making the IRA is making the investment to directly benefit the IRA. And there is no way any type of conflict of interest, like, oh, I need to get family members to invest. And if I don't get a family member to invest, I lose my job or I lose my ability to be a general partner. Um, kind of uh, off the cuff type of stuff that generally doesn't happen. But you want to make sure ultimately that the father, is investing his IRA funds as a limited partner of this fund to benefit 100% and exclusively the IRA, not in any way directly or indirectly to benefit his son. So as long as he can do that, and there's no kind of wonky way that this investment is somehow helping his son, even though he owns less than 1% of the LP, less than 50% of the general partner, should be fine, right? Could an IRS agent come in here and say, hey, the the son is indirectly benefited. This investment by the dad will help him. You know, probably not. I mean, I'm assuming it's a big fund since the son only owns less than 1% of a limited partner. So I'm assuming the dad's not going to put in, he's not going to be investing 10, 15, 20% of the value of the, of the fund. Um, if it's a small investment, clearly, Uh, I would believe the son would be able to show that there would be other investors in line that would be willing to make that investment. The flip side, if the dad is the last man standing and without the dad's money, the fund dissipates and falls apart, then yeah, I guess based off those facts, the IRS could argue it is potentially prohibited and a conflict of interest since the dad would not be making the investment to personally benefit the, uh, or to benefit the IRA exclusively, but would be doing that to um, benefit um, his son. But um, that's why it's super important whenever I discuss fact-specific transactions in one of these podcasts, I'm always, it's always important to say, hey, this is facts and circumstances specific. My answer to this question would be different based off different facts, right? If the dad said, I need to make the investment or my son loses his job or I'm putting 50% or more in, that changes my analysis, right? So, the first thing is you got to be under 50%. The second thing, you got to make sure the IRA is making the investment to 100% exclusively benefit the IRA. There's no direct or indirect benefit to a disqualified person, in this case, his son. And then, obviously, the dad's paying the value, fair market value for that interest in the limited partnership. Shouldn't be any discount. It should be fair value uh, in terms of what other investors would be investing, investing and what we paying at the same time for the same um, type of, uh, investment. So that's it. That's another ad mail in the bag. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. I thought today was fun. Questions kind of flowed. I'm going to try to do that in the future more often. It's kind of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, please don't forget to, um, visit with me again next Thursday. This is a weekly podcast that drops every Thursday. Um, you can obviously find it wherever you found this podcast. If you want to watch it. You can do it too on YouTube. Just go to uh, IRA Financial and obviously do not forget to give us a thumbs up uh, and subscribe because there's amazing self-directed content. I promise, I promise you will become a much, much better and wiser self-directed retirement investor by simply watching videos on the free IRA Financial YouTube channel. So do not, do not miss the chance. It's fun. And you know what? If you can't sleep, it's also fun, right? I'll put you to sleep. or, and you potentially will learn something as well. But sometimes I do kind of run on in tangents just because, as a tax lawyer, someone that's been involved in the self-directed retirement space for you know, 13 plus years, I love this stuff. This is my passion. I've written eight books on self-directed retirement topics. So, yeah, sometimes I do go crazy and just kind of stop, can't stop talking. But at that point it just tune me out but otherwise i promise there are some nuggets of information here that will help you uh, maximize your retirement savings and become a better self-directed time investor so um without further ado um, i'm gonna sign off on that uh have an amazing day happy new year and i'll see everyone again next thursday take care